Hello, welcome to Macro ESG. My name's Greg Beyer. Today is the 31st of May. Um, it is about uh, 11.30 here in New York, and uh, I've just finished up uh, the latest uh, post, Short Hong Kong Real Estate, Short Hong Kong. So here we go. Beijing wants Hong Kong real estate prices to come down to placate the young Hong Kongers. Beijing will manage a gradual decline in Hong Kong real estate prices. Beijing doesn't need Hong Kong anymore. Beijing needs Hong Kong to quietly fade away into a footnote of history. The gold rush is over. Beijing wants Hong Kong real estate prices to come down to placate the young Hong Kongers. Hong Kong has become the world's most expensive place to live in for years, mainly because of real estate. And it has hit nobody harder than the regular working Hong Kongers. They have been crushed. If you are a lower-income Hong Konger and earn Hong Kong, Hong Kong $10,000 a month with almost Hong Kong $8,000 going for rent, and the average price of a Hong Kong apartment to buy in U.S. dollars is $1.2 million, you feel trapped. And this is why the Hong Kongers are out protesting, even the young professionals. The easiest way to, uh, for Beijing to win control over Hong Kong is to lower real estate prices. And the easiest way to lower real estate prices quickly is to make Hong Kong a less desirable place for the expats so they leave. This will naturally depress prices. Plus, a fair number of Hong Kongers will take Taiwan up on their offer to live there. But large extended families are the norm in Hong Kong, so the exodus won't be as great as some might think. And the easiest way for Beijing to break the expat community is to cancel the one-country, two-systems arrangement. While to most, this policy decision is about law and order, really it is about winning over the working class through lower housing prices, which will bring law and order. The homeownership rate in Hong Kong fell for 16 years as prices rose while Singapore, by contrast, has a home ownership rate of 91%, the highest amongst rich nations, and is far more socially stable. And then there's some charts that show that. Beijing will manage a gradual decline in Hong Kong real estate prices. Beijing will manage a gradual decline in Hong Kong real estate prices as the central government will want to show that it can provide social order. How can Beijing control prices? Simple. Just open the gate and increase mainland buying of local flats. When real estate, <clears throat> excuse me, when real estate prices come down, especially in a hot market, this tends to kick off credit default cycles. So allowing mainlanders in is the shock absorber. Prices will come down, but not crash. There are plenty of wealthy mainland Chinese who like a flat there and possibly obtain a Hong Kong passport while it still exists. Beijing doesn't need Hong Kong anymore. The main reason Beijing has effectively rescinded the one country, two systems deal is because Beijing doesn't need Hong Kong anymore. Beijing doesn't need Hong Kong to be a bridge to China, which is ironic now that China has literally built a bridge to Hong Kong from the mainland. In just 25 years, China has become, on a PPP basis, that's purchasing power parity basis, the largest economy in the world. They have built plenty 
on their own, plenty of bridges, that is. While true that China is asserting power because the West is tied up and distracted by the COVID crisis, the real reason is that presently China is the world center for PPE, that's personal protective equipment, and ventilator production. This potent mix of hard and soft power changes the global power dynamics of everything. And the Chinese know that, particularly as we are not far from starting the second wave of the pandemic. COVID is not pointing out a distraction. COVID is pointing out a new reality. Beijing needs Hong Kong to quietly fade away into a footnote of history. In 1820, China was about 32% of world GDP. Since the Opium War sparked the decline of the Qing Dynasty, Hong Kong is a remnant from a bygone era that mainland China sees as a humiliation. This era is now being gradually closed up. And then there's a really great chart showing uh, different countries' relative uh, um, uh, percentages in uh, world GDP uh, from the Economic Cycle Research Institute, which I just really love. The gold rush is over. The long run in the Hong Sang is coming to an end, and the Shanghai Composite will pick up the mantle if China can transition from an input-driven growth model to one based on efficiency, which is quite risky, especially as the yuan is not a fully convertible currency and is presently weakening. And there's a lot more to say about this, but I'll leave it for uh, another piece. Thank you very much for listening in. I uh, wish you a very good day. Bye-bye.